0: That song's great, isn't it? Except we can only play the first 30 seconds of it on loop. So I hope you like the first 30 seconds. Because guess who's late? That's right. Calvin Chamberlain. Else want to hear another George Michael song for a few seconds? Great, he must be on uh, California time or whatever that is. I'm not gonna sing for you. But I'm not really sure where the hell Calvin is, so I'll let you know that you're listening to Careless Whispers on CLN. Yeah. And my name is Matt Rurie, even though I would prefer not to tell you who I am right now, because my co-host is MIA. And all of a sudden, just like that, I conjured him up. So here we are. We've played uh, multiple 30-second clips of George Michael's songs. And Calvin decides to show up. Hello, Calvin.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. I had a guest over here, and they were locking uh-huh. up my bathroom, and I just really had to pee. So, I I'm guess. sorry. I had to be done. Huh. Had to be done. For the, I only have one bathroom. I know. I'm, I know. I'm poor. Yeah, yeah. Just so you guys know, I'm poor. Fun facts. Fun facts about me. <laughs> I don't,
0: well, you heard it here first. Calvin Chamberlain declares himself as poor on the show, so... Nick Jelso, if you're listening, pay this guy something. Like, come on, he does he does stuff for you. I'm sure.
1: Nick, I could right? use a few shekels. You know? Yeah. Yeah, a few shekels a here of, or there. Give yeah. him
0: a give him a, give him a nice little handout. You know, just ship him over yeah. a few Amazon bucks.
1: Little package, yeah, yeah. You could pay me in gift cards if you want. You know, uh-huh. a couple of gift
0: cards. A couple of gift cards for Calvin Chamberlain. All right, well. You know who's not getting a gift card? Actually, you know who might be getting a gift card for his uh, his upcoming contract in the NBA? Marcus, Marcus. Not Isaiah Thomas making $2 million. Marcus Smart, sir, that's where we're going to start tonight because we're going to go back to our roots. We're going to start with the Celtics, and that's the, the biggest thing on my mind right now uh, because it's the only unknown, really, besides how Gordon Hayward is going to fit back in, into things. But I'm not concerned with that because I think that's going to be fine. So... We're going to talk about little Marcus Smart, Uh, a little Marcus Smart uh, contract discussion tonight to to lead off this show. Uh, I don't I don't know how he hasn't signed yet. It's been a week since anyone has expressed any quote unquote interest based on who you're listening to. I mean, that could be true or not, but someone's trying to drum up the idea that teams are interested in Marcus Smart, whether it be a sign and trade or. Uh, offering him some sort of a, a deal that the Celtics would have an option to match. But I also think that teams know what his value is. And they know that if they offer the, the deal at $10 million or whatever, Danny Angel will probably match that. And Ainge probably would, in my mind, go up to, to 12 or even $14 million to match for Marcus Smart. So I have a feeling that teams just uh, – either don't want to sign him long term and or don't want to give him that much money, and he's going to have to sign for this qualifying offer at about $7 million. So my question to you, Calvin, is why hasn't Marcus Smart just swallowed his pride and and signed that $7 million qualifying offer for one year to go out and prove himself and get a bigger contract next season? Is he waiting for something from the Celtics? Does he really think that another team is interested in him? Because to me... There's no market. It's
1: not there. Nobody wants this guy. Sorry, it's this is why I wanted to talk about Marcus Smart. I'm not sure I agree with the first part of your sentence. I really. It's funny because I read recently that uh, Marcus Smart has the same agent as Nerland Noel, who, uh, if you remember yes. correctly, turned a, a 17 million per year uh, offer down from the Mavericks, and now he and what he's he yeah. Well, he Marcus signed for like four and a half, something like that. Yeah,
0: and then so, you know, he's, he's sort of like a, a journeyman.
1: So it was reported when this off season started that Marcus Smart was looking for a contract in the twelve to fourteen million dollar range, and I don't know that he was ever going to get that. Given, look, maybe he would have gotten that two years ago if he'd become a free agent. Well, last so
0: so hold on. Last year there was a rumor that uh, Ange offered him an extension that would basically give him 12 million million dollars a year. So can
1: you buy that or no?
0: uh, I kind of do buy it actually. Um, I I thought that that was a a solid report and I, and I thought that uh, that age would consider doing that if it was last year. So that smart would come off the books in two years, maybe instead of in four, which is what he's going to look for right now. Um, and I think at the time that Ainge might have looked at that as a as pretty good value because of the way that things were going in the league. But now I think the qualifying offer is what he's gonna send out there and maybe if a team offers him ten million or or upwards of twelve, he might match it. But any more than that, and I, I think it's a it's a hard no. And it's pretty clear to me that other teams feel the same way because otherwise wouldn't they have offered him something already?
1: Well, again, I, I just look at the situation and I find it. Look, again, we went into this off season, right? Uh, five five teams had cap space, right, and two of those teams were Atlanta and Chicago, who like were supposedly not looking to take on salary so much as to sort of eat a continue to be bad, right, and eat a bad contract in exchange for draft picks and young players. What is the situation, Larry, in which? Spend in, in which a team has twelve million dollars, and make it would have made sense for that team to spend said twelve million dollars on Marcus Smart. I mean, the I, I guess the Lakers spent twelve million on KCP, right? Maybe that twelve million could have gone to Marcus Smart. What are What are the other twelve million dollar contracts that you see in this offseason that you can point to? Name one. Well. I, Trevor it's not a
0: it's not a twelve million dollar contract that I'm looking at, uh, but it's it's uh, maybe twenty million to Jabari Parker. Uh, that that one jumps out at me. Even the Zach Levine contract to Sacramento, that's the one that, that I'm really looking at. I thought Sacramento was was a lock to to give Marcus Smart an offer, uh, but signing Zach Levine is such a big deal to me. I feel like it, they could have lowballed Marcus Smart a little bit at, at twelve to thirteen million and, and maybe been able to, to sign him as a restricted free agent and even though he's not the scorer that zach levine has the potential to be because he's an injury prone guy I, I feel like marcus smart brings some, some value to to the floor and to a, to a locker room and sacramento is a team that's a disgrace right now if they want to get back to the point where they were battling the lakers in the western conference finals like they were 12 years ago with chris weber etc then they need to get some toughness and a little bit of grit. And I just, I don't think that they have that right now. And Marcus Smart could have brought that to them. And I believe that they may have been able to afford him with Zach Levine as well, but they just, I feel like they overshot on Levine's contract, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. We can get into Zach Levine in a second. And we we do right now if you want, because I meant to get into a couple of these dudes who like we didn't get a chance to talk about last week. Um, Zach Levine is a really interesting one. Yeah. Sacramento, maybe they shouldn't have offered him that deal, right? But, but they did. But I think there's a difference between a Zach Levine and a Marcus Smart, right? Like you just said, Zach Levine, whether or not he pans out, you, you're, when you, what you're paying for in Zach Levine is theoretical. You're paying for his theoretical ascent to all-star level. That's, again, despite the fact that he's coming off the injury. Do you think that anyone – I don't think that like anyone projects Marcus Smart to, like, get significantly better than he is now. No. Marcus, like, you, don't, you don't pay for Marcus Smart because he's a high-ceiling guy. Yeah. All right, Smart. so that's
0: the whole thing. They're taking, then you're admitting that they're taking a gamble, and that's, that, that's fine. If well, that's the way they want to spend it, then that's no, no, fine. No, no, but, I right, feel right, like but, Marcus Smart is
1: proven, though, right? Right. He, no, he is proven. But the difference is, is is Marcus Smart only has value on a good team. That's, that's the, the point that I'm making. There's no – why would Sacramento – ever sign Mark, a guy like Marcus Smart, when Marcus Smart, again, he's not a guy who can shoot, right? We've established that. He's a guy like Marcus Smart on a bad team. In fact, there's probably a problem because Marcus Smart cares so much about winning. You can only put him on certain teams because he's, he's what he is is an extremely valuable role player, right? In, in certain situations that fit with certain teams. I don't see any scenario in which, Signing him to twelve million dollars for a team like Sacramento makes any sense at all? What are you getting out of that? Why would you do that?
0: No, okay, so you're, you're right, and it, the the thing is that Sacramento came out and they they think that they are a good young team. They think that they are they are on the cusp of actually making something happen. That that's not that's not true in my mind. I don't believe that that's what they what they are but if if you're a team like that who believes that you can make some noise in the next couple of years I think that Marcus Smart is a type of guy that would add a, a lot of value and uh, to me though he his real fit in the NBA is exactly what I hope he is on this coming in this coming season which is a guy that makes 7 to 10 million dollars a year and plays 30 to 35 minutes a game possibly Uh, that's a 35 on the high end and he's playing at the end of games and he's not shooting the ball. He's in there for defensive purposes and he wins a championship. That's the way that I look at Marcus smart. He's a role player on a championship team. And I'm hoping that the Celtics are able to retain him and, and, uh, and and win championships with him and have him play a significant role. Because I think that's, that's where he he belongs uh, as far as his role in the NBA is concerned. Uh See, but yeah, I I just I I'm not I don't think that the, the twelve to fourteen million dollars is realistic for him and it's being proven right now because nobody's giving him an offer.
1: Right, which is why I don't think that when when you said at the beginning, I don't think like the reason Market Smart isn't getting any offers is because uh like other teams were afraid the Celtics were going to match any offer for Market Smart that, that was reasonable and thus like there was no point in them tying up the restricted cap space. Oh no. Because if they want then they so, offer. I I just think that I think that Mark smart himself when when he said I want an offer in the twelve to fourteen million dollar range and whatever his agent is telling people I feel like he has priced himself out of this market because the Celtics regardless the Celtics still own uh the, the his rights right and, and teams are not again because the league has moved so much towards shooting and and Mark smart's biggest weakness is the fact that he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, to I mean to say that Mike, Marcus Smart is a divisive figure is like not, it's not a controversial opinion to say, right? We you and I are both co-hosts uh, of some sub- post-game talk. How many conversations have we had about good versus bad Marcus Smart over the years, uh, his importance versus like just some of the dumb things he does at other times? Like, I'm not even sure. Like, I'm not even sure how good I actually think Marcus Smart is. But but certainly, yeah. I don't think so, in this market. That's another sort
0: of uh, story that's been coming out and sort of rumor, whatever you want to call it, rumbling, uh, that uh, teams are starting to look at players from the Celtics, a la Evan Turner and uh, Jordan Crawford, for example, and, and see what they did under Brad Stevens. And I mean, Crawford didn't get a big contract, but Turner did. And start to wonder whether players that he plays for Jay Crowder is a pretty good example uh, are better under, his, under him for some reason or in, within a system than they are out on their own. And that's why they're not getting contracts. And I think, I mean, that some people seem to think that uh, Marcus Smart is an example of that as well.
1: Oh, I almost certainly agree with that. But even, even that aside, based on like what he's actually done on the Celtics, like I'm not sure just as a Celtics player, I'm not even exactly sure how valuable he is. I don't think he's $12 million valuable, especially in this market. A couple of years ago, maybe when Kim and was getting sixty million, then yeah, sure, give Marcus Smart twelve million. But I, I just feel like what's happened in, in this offseason, like what guys have had to settle for, I just don't think it was realistic. I feel like he priced himself out of the market, and instead of just waiting around for a big offer, like his agent should have gone out and talked to other teams and been like and tried. You know, maybe he he should have instead of trying to get a twelve fourteen million dollar deal, maybe he should try to sign a nine million dollar deal. Like the Sixers sure. could have used Marcus Smart, right? I, I know sure. Celtics fans like hate that idea, but like, you know, the Sixers basically had all this money to spend, right? Enough for a max deal. And, and again, yeah, they tried to get LeBron. It didn't work out. Um, you know, Paul George was out there for a minute, but like, then they ended, up, they, they ended up spending their money on basically crap, right? Like, I mean, they they ended up bringing yeah. back Redick, Redick for $12 million on a one-year deal. Like maybe Marcus Smart, you know, doesn't want a one-year deal. Maybe he wants a multi-year deal. And, I know, like for the for the uh, Celtics to not be able to match him, you have to give him a multi-year deal. So maybe you offer him again. Maybe you offer him a two-year, uh, eighteen million dollar deal, like Julius Randle just signed. Like, I mean, I like Julius Randle quite a bit, but like, Mark, I feel like Marcus Smart, if he had priced himself right, he could have gotten an eight nine million dollar and off uh, a offer that like that the Celtics may not have matched because the Celtics are pushing luxury luxury tax scenarios, and not only are they pushing the luxury tax. They have Terry Rogier. so Danny Ainge has all the cards in this scenario with Marcus Smart, like right. Well, and like, let's, he, let's he, do he this could, little exercise right here too. Go
0: ahead.
1: Yeah, he, Ainge. If so, if if uh, Smart had been smarter, okay, he, <laughs> he could have created a scenario where like the Celtics were in a position, even if it's just a two-year deal, even if it's just nine million, like. Smart could have gone somewhere else. Maybe he just doesn't want to leave Boston. Maybe he thought that that Ainge would eventually come back to him with like a bigger offer. But like he should have, he should have known Danny Ainge a little bit. He should have read the situation better.
0: Well, see, so this is why I think that uh, it, it's it's possible that the original report that that I was just mentioning that, uh, about uh, Ainge offering him a, that extension for like forty-eight to fifty million dollars for four years last year, or something like that might be true because maybe, maybe that gave Marcus Smart the idea that he was worth that much. I'm just speculating here on a report that who knows whether it's true or not. But that's, that's something that could have factored into his thinking. Uh, and if that's the case, then now we're starting to talk about conspiracy theories where Damien put that out there on purpose, knowing that Marcus Smart wouldn't, wouldn't uh, take it and then he'd be able to get him for much less this year. But let's do this little exercise because I'm not trying to conspiracy theorize about Marcus Smart right now off the fly even though I just did. Um, if you wanted to look at the Celtics roster as far as players to ratio to their uh, their their talent and their money, who do you think would be at the top of this list? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of talent on the Celtics roster right now. We can't deny that. So who, do, who would you say are the top three Celtics players, period? Just list period.
1: them Period. So that, not talent to money ratio. You're
0: just, no, saying just give me the top three Celtics – players by talent right now. Go.
1: Okay. Kyrie Irving. Mm, it gets difficult after that.
0: The order doesn't matter.
1: You know. Okay, Okay. that's fine. Mm, am I, I'm assuming health? Yes. Okay, Gordon Hayward. Alright,
0: number two, maybe, great.
1: You know, yeah. And, um...
0: Give me a third. I'm, I'm gonna go Tatum. I'm gonna go Tatum. Alright, you're going Tatum. That's It doesn't matter where you went because this is going to help my argument, period. Who's number four for you?
1: Number four, then in that scenario becomes what? I guess right now it would be Al Horford. All right. Now we've closed the
0: book here. The top three out of those four guys that you just named are making $20 million or more. Horford gets 29, Hayward is getting 31. Jason Tatum is in that mix, whether it's top three, top four, some people may even say top two. Some people think he's their best player right now. So the bottom line is Marcus Smart is not in the top five players on the Boston Celtics. He's probably not in the top six. Actually he's definitely not in the top six because you're looking at Jalen Brown next, right? And after that, you already mentioned Terry Rozier who could fill in at point guard if need be. So my point here is, when you've already got three guys up there making 20 to $30 million and you've established them and you know that they're your best players, then you've got another guy making six and a half and a, and a third guy making five, that's Tatum and Brown. Uh, how are you going to pay Marcus Smart, who's your sixth to seventh best player talent-wise in, a, in the top three to four as far as the money is concerned? I think that not only would it uh, hurt your salary cap and it would – sort of put handcuffs on you a little bit going forward, it would send the wrong message to guys like Tatum and Brown because I mean, while maybe Marcus Smart is well-liked by the coach and he plays really hard, they know they're better than that guy. And I mean, maybe it makes them more hungry, but ultimately I feel like they, they might look at this and sort of say, well, why are you giving this guy this money when you could save it for me for next year or the, or the year after And and sort of just piece things together going down the line, assuming that that deal was going to be a long-term extension. If it's a one-year deal, then obviously all that's off the table. It doesn't matter. But I just I feel like as far as talent to ratio, the talent to money ratio is concerned, if Marcus Smart's not in the top six or seven as far as talent is is on your roster, why would you pay him like he's the top, like a top three player? It just it doesn't look good.
1: Well, and not only does it not look good, look, the Celtics have a financial crunch coming, right? Kyrie Irving is up for a max extension uh, after that next offseason. Look, he didn't sign now. That you're you're going to have to pay him super max to keep him around if he even wants to stay around, right? We talked about that last week. But let's assume he wants to stay around for the purpose of this conversation right now. Uh, Jalen Brown, after the season, is going to be eligible up to, you know, to extend – Obviously, you're not going to give him a max deal, but you're probably going to try to extend Jalen Brown, assuming you don't trade him in this offseason. right? Marcus Smart, again, getting paid. Marcus Smart in this theoretical world in which he's getting paid 12 million, then you have Terry Rozier. Again, and he's going to be eligible for his extension. Celtics are not going to be able to pay all these guys, As right? Especially if that, if the team you know doesn't go to the finals or isn't like a threat to win at all. Like it's not going to be. You know, who knows what, what that's going to be, but it's definitely not going to be worth it. But, and you, you mentioned earlier, like, Marcus Smart playing, like, 30, 35 minutes a game. I don't see it next season. Name the lineups. If you just look, again, assume a health with this Celtics team, just the roster they have right now. Assume they don't make any trade. Or if they do make trades, assume those trades aren't consolidation trades. Like, they're not trading, like, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier in, in a, some kind of Kawhi Leonard scenario. You know what I mean? They're not trading multiple guys who need minutes, right? How are you playing? I let's see what your starters, right? Hypothetically, your starters are Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, um, Al Horford, and Aaron Baines. So, what do you thinking? Okay. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, if you want to go the traditional route and let Al sort of do do the power forward thing during the regular season, like we've sort of talked about on this show before, where yeah. we think that that's that's where he's more comfortable. Then I guess it would be Baines. But otherwise, maybe you okay. rotate Jalen Brown in there, or you you get oh, yeah. more in, yeah. in for a starter too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So then you so then you again so your bench right. Who, the first person off the bench in in the scenario I described is what Jalen Brown probably right. Jalen Brown, right? Then you have yep. to work in minutes for Rogier. Then yep. you have to work. Yeah. Then who am I forgetting here? Then you have to work in minutes for Marcus Morris,
0: right? Marcus Morris. Yep. And you know, you know who else is going to actually demand minutes this year? I think semi-Ojelay is probably going to get more time. I think that they like him quite a bit. And I think that he's a guy that they're going to look at. And, uh, I mean, maybe he's not playing that shooting guard to slash point guard position, but, He's going to take minutes that Marcus Smart might normally see. So, I'm just, guessing I think plays into your point.
1: Game. Again, based on the depth, I'm guessing he's not going to get that many minutes. I don't see a world, barring injuries, okay, that Marcus Smart sees 30 minutes a game next year. I just don't. I can't see how it's possible. Yeah. You know, and, and, unless Rozier, like, regresses, and then he's down to 15 minutes a game. But... I think with him, with him in the ring, in, waiting there in the wings with an extra year under, under team control, I, I think the only reason that Marcus Smart isn't already gone is the fact that like that they have him in this over the barrel in the in this scenario in which a team has not offered him anything, then he had to just wait it out and offer him this cheap six million dollar deal. You might as well have him back. Worst case scenario, you trade him for somebody else, right? Like you still have him as an asset. I don't. I don't really see a scenario in which Marcus Smart isn't gone by the end of next season. I mean, he's he's ang- he's angry about it, but I think I think risk. Yeah. it's, a a, a it's, it's too bad.
0: It it seems it seems as though he is going to be gone, uh, and they just you're right. They're going to have a, a tough time extending all of these players, and I just I feel like with his scoring and ball handling capability, Terry Rogier is the guy that they're going to look at a little bit more as far as a player they want to keep in the future. That's not taking anything away from what Marcus smart gives them. Cause I know the coach loves him. It's coach Stevens, Brad loves and him I- over there, you know, and uh, it's just a matter of, of where he fits in as far as the uh, money is concerned. So uh, I think you're right about that. But the risk that people look at, like you were about to say, is that, uh, Marcus Martin now gets, he plays for a year and he's angry and he doesn't want to actually play hard for the Celtics, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it's going to go the opposite way. I think he, again, is going to want to have to prove himself. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's going to want to show the rest of the league that he deserves more than the 7 million qualifying offer. And uh, I think that the the coach will, will allow him to do that. You say he's not going to play 30 minutes a game. That might not be true. uh, Or that might, that may be true. I should say, but, at the same time, I think he might be playing in crunch time and he might be able to, to say, look, like to a team out there that has a little bit of space and is on the cusp of, of winning some games, if you want to give me $12 million, maybe he goes back to that next year, then we're good to go and I will be a, the proper value to you. So I think he's going to play his ass off this year. I don't buy this this whole notion that he's going to he's gonna tank it because he's, he's pissed.
1: Yeah, I don't either. And that's kind of the point I was alluding to earlier, which is that, like, I, I think, like, in a lot of cases, we see these guys sign. You know, Greg Monroe, right, uh, signed his qualifying offer, and then he was sort of a malcontent. I think Marcus Smart, yeah, he's angry about it. He's not going to be happy about it. He probably won't be happy about his minutes either. But I think he's so competitive that, like, it's worth the risk. And, it, he, and, and he's young, too. And again, I, to me, it's just as much as anything, just age having the asset. Like I can easily see Marcus Smart get traded by the deadline, maybe be part of whatever, a, a package with somebody else or somebody sure. else. It's good to just have him there for that year, especially when you have him under team control for that year. There's nothing he can do about it. I just, I don't think he's enough of a malcontent. And if he is, the Celtics have enough depth where they don't have to play him anyway, so who cares?
0: That's true the coach can decide to just sit him down at any time. If he starts jacking bad shots or he looks like he's not engaged on the floor or something like that. So, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be really too concerned with it, especially with this at $7 million. It's not like you're paying this guy a a lot of money and just wasting salary cap space, uh, which we know that Danny Ainge does not want to do. So, It'll be interesting to see if he actually signs that offer or if another team comes up with something to do some sort of a sign-and-trade or if they end up offering him more money that the Celtics would have to match. See, the other thing that, I'm, that I was always curious about is maybe they don't hold the grudge, but why wouldn't Brooklyn just offer Marcus Smart something that they believe the Celtics would match but is also on the high end of, of a contract? Is he really that much of a player that they're not interested in, that they wouldn't sort of overpay him a little bit? Uh, That's another one of those teams I didn't mention earlier. So if it sounds like I'm pulling that out of thin air, I'm not. I I just forgot to mention them before. But uh, they're a team that uh, could try and make the Celtics just overpay a little bit. or or take on a guy that would help them down the line. I mean, maybe it's just that they're just not good enough to take on a guy like that right now. And it wouldn't make that much of a difference, but I just, I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe Calvin that some team out there is not trying to call Danny Ainge's bluff and offer Marcus smart, say $11 million a year and force the Celtics to take that deal when they really want to pay him seven. Yeah.
1: I just don't think, I don't think the Celtics would match that. And I don't think, I don't think there were enough teams out there that had $11 million to which Marcus Smart would make sense for that. I think that, and that's my point. Like, they misread the situation. Five teams with free agency money, you know, three of those teams, Marcus Smart – Marcus Smart makes no sense on the Atlanta Hawks. Like, really, you, you put Marcus Smart on the, on the Hawks next to uh, Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart is well, – he's taking 18 shots a game and you, what is he doing? Like, he's, he's, t- he's shooting his 39% from the field. And, you know, and what is he doing in that scenario? No, he's not
0: saying right. anything. What's what's the
1: point? It's a good In any point. case, Ray, I, right. I think yep. we've talked. We, we just uh, talked yeah.
0: about Marcus Smart for half an hour, so um, let's uh, move on from that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I want, let's talk about a couple of other contracts. You mentioned Levine briefly, four years, seventy-eight million. Ray, what are your what are your thoughts on this? We'll, we'll just be quick on a couple of these.
0: Yeah, it's too much. I I mean, I mentioned it briefly earlier. I think it's too much money for a guy like that, and I just, uh, I'm not sure if if it's really going to pan out. Maybe it's a gamble, um, but uh, he is the type of player that uh, I think is injury prone, and I just, I don't believe it's almost 20 million bucks a year. It's, it seems like it's a lot of money. Sacramento sure has the cash to do it, and they, I guess, they had to pay somebody, but. Uh, I just I don't feel like he is going to be a great fit and maybe I don't know enough about De'Aaron Fox but um, I, I just I don't buy into Zach Levine as, as far as a, a, a player that really is going to make a, a huge impact on a team this really kind of goes back to the same argument as far as Marcus Smart on some of these bad teams concerned Zach Levine is good he's a much better scorer than Marcus Smart I won't deny that but I don't think that he puts anyone over the top so if Sacramento Thinks that's going to happen here? They're, they seem to be dead wrong to me.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and not only that, but um, but like it, it doesn't exactly you know, mean doesn't make any sense because yes, he's coming. He came off an ACL tear. Uh, he's Chicago is not going to be good anyway. I don't think but like, locking. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me to give this guy coming off this injury, who like I'm not sure how much talent he has. A four year deal worth that kind of money when, like, you could be free for somebody else. They're not going to be – they're not building anything. You might as well continue to be bad. Look, I don't like teams taking, but I think they're going to be bad with Levine anyway, even if Levine is good. And so, like, I don't know. You might as well try to be terrible and get that high pick. I don't see what you're – like, let's say that contract pans out and Levine, like, maximizes his talent. Then, based on the other pieces around him, then instead of being terrible, you're just bad and then you're getting like number nine picks in the draft and you, tr- I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like you're you're not going to be anything beyond that. And I don't, I don't really get it, but um, how about you, you hear about Dante Exum's contract though? Three years, 33 million.
0: Yes, I did hear about that. And that's another one of those contracts that I looked at and said, well, Marcus Smart is definitely going to get a $12 million offer from someone if Dante Exum is getting 11. Uh, but, Alas, and it has not happened yet. It's not come across. Maybe it will. There's still a couple teams that are potential, um, but uh, or potential suitors, I should say, for Marcus Smart, but it's not looking good for him. But, yes, this Exum contract, I'm I'm surprised. I'm very surprised by this. Uh, high loss pick, but a guy that just hasn't really panned out also has had some injury troubles. But I liked him coming out of the draft, Calvin, and I thought that he was going to do good things for the Jazz, and it uh, it just didn't happen. But they decide to retain him, right? They signed him.
1: yeah, they did. But yes, yeah, again, three years, three three million. Here's my issue with it. Look, yeah. I like some I think that he's. A, I like that he's big and he can defend, right? And he's kind of versatile. He's like a he's a six seven point guard, which I like. But on the other hand. He's literally never healthy. Why would you sign right. a dude who's never healthy to a three-year deal? If this was a one-year, eleven-million-dollar deal, I would be like, oh, I don't know. I'm not crazy about the eleven million, but like, it's fine. Maybe he'll break out the shit. Maybe he'll he'll have his year where he breaks out. But like, you're you're locking yourself into a dude for three years who hasn't been healthy at all over the course of his career. What is the point of that? <laughs>
0: I, I don't know, maybe they're looking for a little bit of an insurance deal here type of thing, or they just they really like the player. They seem to have retained everyone. They The Jazz just are in, in happy land over there. They liked everybody and didn't let anyone go, uh, even at the bottom of their roster obviously. So, I, I don't know. The, the talent is there if, if he can stay healthy. So, we'll see, what, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one.
1: Yeah, I guess there's a chance that it works out. I hope it does because I, I like him quite a bit, but I'm just, yeah, I just feel like, it, again, considering how much money teams had, it seems like the Jazz had a little bit more leverage to when they wouldn't have to pay him. And, by the way, they're paying Derek Favors eighteen million dollars a year. Like, that one doesn't really make that much sense to me, too, even though I like Derek Favors as well. Um,
0: I'm just not yeah. sure what the Jazz They brought yeah, back everyone. Yeah. Same team.
1: Run it back. Anyway, who's next? Who's next? And this is the, the, really the biggest problem I have with all of them. And maybe you're gonna you're gonna tell me you disagree. I just just look. I'm they, we you know they signed Trevor Ariza as a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal, and that's fine with me. Like you, you go, oh you overpaid Trevor Ariza, but it's a year. Like the Suns, what were they? Who are they? What were they gonna do with that money anyway? Right? They had the money. They were, like nobody wants to go to Phoenix because they were terrible last year. Like maybe Ariza sort of is like a mentor for Josh Jackson or whatever. Maybe it doesn't work out. Who cares, right? I'm never going to be critical of any. You can you can pay someone one mil, one year a billion dollars, and I'm not going to complain about it. If you if you're like, unless you're a team that's like about to contend for a title, and you in that space is like, could have gotten to somebody who made more sense, right? They paid him that, that one year of fifteen million. Who cares, right? But that being said, Murray Devin Booker, <laughs> I don't get it. Murray five <laughs> years one 150- hundred. Five years, $158 million listen, deal. That, and hey, Devin,
0: Devin Booker scored 70 points against the Celtics, and I was there. Like that That's, that's something that's going to be in my brain for the rest of my life. That's, uh, that's, that's quite the feat. Don't you agree with that one? Come on, Calvin. Give the kids some really? credit. No.
1: Seriously. You remember at the time, I did about it, and I, I, compl- I complained about it being a false 70. I'll stand by it that false It was a false 70.
0: 70. I, certainly, yeah. I certainly agree with that. The, the Celtics, listen, Isaiah Thomas, who, et cetera, they were letting the kid go. They were letting the they were letting letting the kid do whatever he wanted, and I say kid because he's still a kid. And uh, they just uh, decided that that they were just going to play this this run and gun type of game, and he benefited from it. And he just ended up scoring seventy in their building in a losing effort, by the way. So yeah, no, no, not. That, it, it's not. It, you're right. It was a false seventy. But maybe Phoenix bought into it. Maybe they really thought that, that he was going to be the one to sort of push them forward uh, in the future.
1: He scored 18 points in the final two minutes, being down 20 points. So, like, that's to me is why it's a false 70. Like, the Celtics stopped playing. Devin right. Booker was in the right. game when he should have been out of the game. And he, so, that's yeah, right. it, it was like a 55, which, you know, good for him. He scored a 55. He did not score a 70, as far as I'm concerned. But it, I'll, I'll forget forget about that 70. My thing is, Brie, Devin Booker, they didn't have to pay him. They didn't have to give him a max offer now. Why no. the World with the Suns tie up a future cap space for a guy who has not proven it. First of all, he was, he-, he was unhealthy for half the season in the season, right? And two, all of his advanced stats numbers looks terrible because he's one of the worst defenders in the NBA. And yes, he is a good shooter. He's a pretty good scorer too, but he, he also is not a guy... Who's ever shown that he makes his teammates any better? Like the the team generally, like they again if you look at the advanced numbers, they play better with him off the floor. I don't get it. Can you explain well, it to me?
0: I can't explain it. No, he's a terrible defender. I mean, I think they just they just like the idea of of a, a big name scorer or a big time scorer on their team. And I mean, he's he probably says and does all the right things. And the Phoenix Suns are. Uh, a team that uh, loves this or used to love sort of the running gun. I, I, listen, maybe they think they feel like they got their guy because he's such a high-volume scorer and they just want to lock him up and build around him. But um, it's going to take a lot more than just that to, to sort of make them a team that comes back to prominence again. And I, it, I, it kind of brings me to this next point that uh, most of these teams in the Western Conference that are sort of at the bottom, Sacramento, we've mentioned phoenix we've met, we've mentioned here um there there are a couple others like memphis who is kind of toiling away and they are excited that mike conley is going to be back and progress or uh, marcus all i should say is still there uh but these other teams dallas is, is in trouble uh they i mean i'm not going to put the lakers in there because obviously they're on their way up and we'll we'll see what happens uh, with with uh with that team i made my spiel about them last week but those four four teams that i just mentioned sacramento dallas memphis and phoenix i don't think there's really anything that they can do to get back to prominence unless they hitch their wagon to a guy uh, and just m- take a gamble on someone and and pay him the money because someone needs to get paid right you you've got to hit that floor or whatever uh, and just try and build around him for a few years, and maybe by the end of his contract, they're they're coming back to being good again. Uh, but otherwise, you're just going to be tanking the entire time. So maybe you let him walk away if you're Phoenix. But I don't blame them for giving him the contract. I don't agree with it, but I, I can kind of see why they would do it.
1: Oh, I can't see why they would do it at all. I mean, I guess maybe they're just so concerned about their image that they're afraid, like. They didn't want the drama of him leaving, or whatever. But like, I look at these other teams. And wait, like, what? You don't believe in DeAndre Jordan and Luka Doncic? Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't see anything. Yeah, I don't see anything. Not really.
0: Happening. No. I mean, no. I definitely don't. I'm sorry. I. I mean, right. they're just they're gonna toil again, and it's weird because you always used to think of of the Western Conference as sort of being that competitive conference, and uh, it uh, it still is. But now they have some of the worst teams in the league. I mean, obviously Atlanta. It's horrible. Right. But I would I would say that uh, three out of the bottom four to five teams in in the league are in the Western Conference and it's it's just not something that we're kinda of used to seeing from a couple of these franchises. So it's interesting, but I guess someone's gotta be bad, right?
1: Yeah. All right, really. Uh, the Lakers are about to play in the summer league finale that's gonna start right when the show ends. Oh,
0: boy. Um
1: yeah. Is that why you want to like, do an
0: hour? Are you excited about this defending their championship? They're, 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 yeah, they could be back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back champions.
1: champions. Yeah, Lakers and boys, they're, they're like the Cavs and Warriors of the summer league. They're just running. Yeah, it's like crazy. Back series. Yeah, I mean, again, you talk about this every year, but so let's just we will be quicker than this year. Summer league mean anything? Yes or no? Well,
0: I, I don't really care ab- about summer league as far as uh, what is happening with each player individually. Uh, Josh Hart. LeBron's boy, your boy, named MVP of the Summer League before the finals even ended, before the championship game even happened. I don't know how they can do that. What if somebody goes off on Portland and just crushes him tonight? Then the the MVP. Uh, But my, my question to you this year is more along the lines of how do you feel about the format? Because they have been toying with the idea of changing the playoff format for the actual league, in the actual playoffs and going to a one to sixteen type of format, regardless of con uh, of conference, it would still be eight teams from each conference. I believe, but they would seed it differently. Uh, it's it sort of played out in, in th- that way in the the summer league for the past couple of years. Obviously, two Western Conference teams ending up in the finals. How do you feel about that? Is that is that a change that you're open to? And uh, I mean, or or would it just be something that's sort of like uh i don't I don't really care
1: I'm kind of in between. I'm partially open to it. I like the idea of creating more exciting matchups and having one to sixteen. I just think that like the downside of it is it, that it makes the conferences during the year entirely irrelevant and And my question is beyond that like let's say you go to one to sixteen. do you then eliminate the weighted schedule? do you just play both conferences the exact same amount of time? Or yeah, I'm not work.
0: sure what they would do. They'd have to do something like that. I mean, maybe I still have a, a little bit of a division weight, uh, but that opens up more travel, and and that's actually something that they've been trying to cut down on. So I think it's right. a very hypothetical question because while they're toying with the idea, it doesn't seem very feasible. Uh, and if it if it were to happen, I'm not sure if I would really like it either because, uh, well, yeah, you're like you said, it would it would open up different matches or different uh, different matchups that might be interesting or uh, something that you wouldn't normally see in the finals, you could probably see those matchups in the conference anyway. Sometimes the first round of, of a conference uh, playoff in either conference is, is the best series of, of that round or of that whole entire playoffs. There are, there are times where you have a, an epic series in the first round between a couple of teams that are, are really uh going at it and it's the most exciting until you get to the finals. So, we've seen that uh, yeah many times before and I just I feel like it doesn't matter when you have that matchup. It's still something you want to see. So, seeding 1 to 16 to try and push those matchups further down the line, uh I don't really buy it. I I I would be a no on that one. I I like the way it is.
1: Yeah, I would be more in favor of like a and just to add excitement, right? more of like an MLB style wild card scenario in which like the top four teams in each conference get a buy and then four through 12 play each other in a one-off. What do you think about that?
0: Like a one game series or because yeah, you start extending 12, it out. Yeah, then
1: No, no, no. One game yeah. series. One the game. Teams, the, the, the four teams that survive again, again, four through 12, that's eight teams, right? So, so four would play 12, Right and, you know, and five, et cetera, or, or five would play 12, rather, and, you know, six. And then the, that would leave you with four teams left. Those yeah. four teams would play one, those four. One game to get before. in. And, and that, that part of that would eliminate, like, you know, lottery scenarios and, like, teams would have hope, like, teams that were, like, not necessarily good would have, like, just wild card chance, oh, well, well we're the 12th team, but if we get if we go to – you know, if we go to Milwaukee and beat them, then we're going to get a chance right. at the rap.
0: Well, let's let's play that. Let's play that out. Do you think last year that uh, that uh, Brooklyn could have beaten Indiana in the last game of the regular season, or the the day after the last game of the regular season, game eighty-three, if you will? Um,
1: not no. Well, here's the thing. You know, one game's probably not, but that but maybe it, that game right. would be exciting. You know, yeah, you All know, they right, so like against.
0: that matchup for the one game, Brooklyn, Indiana. How about in the Western Conference? We had we would have Sacramento traveling to Utah. I think Utah would have waxed them. I think it would have been not, not even close. And uh, that's where that's where it starts to get a little shady. Like it's just that's an extra fine, game the, and, and Utah's looking at it so, like, Come on, we gotta we gotta play this extra game. This is BS
1: But that's fine, but the Lakers have a chance of to get into New Orleans. Straight up. The state. Do the think a chance so? Against, oh, yeah. Maybe. The, the Clippers have a chance against the Spurs too. I don't
0: and know I the, the way Clippers. the way New Orleans came out gangbusters in that first round against Portland and just swept them away, Calvin. I don't know, man. I don't know if the Lakers yeah, would have been able to take that game, but either way, you, you, your point is I sure. It's, it's a, a good wrinkle. All right, let's move on. We've only got thirteen minutes left here.
1: Minnesota Denver is a crapshoot. Crapshoot. Oh, that would
0: have been an awesome one. See, that's where that's where it really gets down to it. So that's where I'm saying, like, maybe twelve teams is too is too many. Maybe you're just doing the, you're replacing the seven and the eight and give, making both of them do some sort of a wild card situation. So the Clippers at San Antonio and Denver at Minnesota, and then you fill in your your eight team bracket just like that. So that's the way okay. I would sort of look at it. That's that's you got to okay. trim it down a little bit. I mean,
1: okay, all right. What were you, what were you saying after that? Uh, where were we at? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, we're moving Um, on. That's what, that's what I was saying. We're moving uh, on. Uh, has has anyone impressed you otherwise in summer league? Uh, What do you think about this Josh Hart thing? I mean, I sort of joked about it, MVP of the summer league, but is, is he the real deal? I mean, apparently he is, but is he going to really get that much playing time alongside LeBron and friends uh, this year? What do you think?
1: I mean, look, Josh Hart was the underrated last year. Like, Laker rookie, you know, in, behind Kuzma Mania and, and like, the Colt of Lonzo. Like, Josh Hart was a good player for the Lakers. He, would, like, had multiple games as a 6-5 guard where he ended up getting, you know, 11-14 rebounds, and he's a good defender. Sort of, I, I feel like he is, you know, the type of player who fits as well with LeBron as anybody on the team, so I think he is going to get minutes next year. Um, I think that he, like, came in the Summer League to show off his improved game, and He's he to me it's like I don't have that much to say about him in the summer league because he's like dude who's clearly too good for summer league. He's that guy. You know what I mean? But like I and I've already seen him play in the in the actual NBA. So I didn't need sure. to like Yeah. I didn't need to see that much from him. It's fine. I'm a little bit more excited. Um no idea how to say his name except for I know it's his it's for short it's V, the guy from, from uh Kansas, the shooter like you know, European guy, uh like people call him around here uh, X because he's got really short arms. Uh-huh. so, like people, that's why that's why he fell so far in the second round because, you know, his his like dimensions are not great. But like he can shoot the lights out. Um, not that impressed with Aiden. Can I say that? Like what I've seen from him. With DeAndre I, Aiden,
0: I, is that what you said?
1: Yeah, I'm moving past the Lakers now. I, I don't know. I, right. I just feel like, yeah, his game. I like, wasn't
0: impressed he, with many. Any of the big men, honestly, I mean, what what is it? Wendell Carter Jr. is that the Bulls' big guy? Um, And uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy's name that they were touting. I mean, Mo Bamba did not impress at all. uh, But there was
1: somebody else. I'm kind of most impressed by Jackson. I and the reason I am is because I feel like just his style, his mobility. Like I can tell, even when he doesn't go up, it's just like I think that his game will translate to the NBA better than a lot of those other guys.
0: Yeah, it just – it doesn't really seem like uh, like Aiton was going to be the, the number one pick when it comes out of this. And, I mean, obviously, time and time again, teams take a guy number one and he's not the best player in the draft. It, it happens it, – I mean, it obviously didn't happen with LeBron, but it's going it, to – it happens with a lot of other uh, drafts. So it may happen again here. But so far, based on what they look like on the court, I think you're right. Jackson's the one that, that uh, sort of yeah. looks like the best player. Uh, Bagley looks better than, than I kind of expected him to, I guess. But uh, on, the, on the other side, this is summer league. So what expectations did I really have of a guy like that? He, he, he should have come out gangbusters as well. He should have come out just firing all, on all cylinders. And I, I feel like while he, his stat line looks pretty good, he just didn't really fly around like I would have expected him to. So, um, or not that I would have expected him to, but like a lot of people out there would have have been saying that he was going to. Bagley was a big name that people were throwing around before this this draft, and uh, he's another big guy that to me just sort of went sort of uh, I don't know what's the what's the phrase I'm looking for by the seat of his pants. He's just not even. He's just floating around out there. You know, I feel like he needs to to ramp up the effort level. And that was a question of a lot of these guys in the draft this year. So we'll see how it pans out. But all in all, Summer League, not a big deal.
1: No, I agree. Not a big deal. But I guess I respect Bagley's fluidity a little bit more. I feel like Aiden can't dribble. Anyway. True. Um, Let's see. What else do we have Oh, yeah. Do you hear about that guy who called the cops in a pick-up basketball game because a, sc- a screen was too hard?
0: No, I didn't hear about this.
1: Yeah. So this, so this dude, uh, again, playing at a local rec league, uh, I guess he fouled someone, and the guy like, coming the other way just gave him a really hard screen, laid him out, he got up and called the cops. Right. I mean, I realize we've like reached the pinnacle of like stories about person who called the cops for X reason, right? Like <laughs> yeah, this is what we're the like, about. Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, standing around and selling water and like what have you, all these things, yes.
1: I get one, one, my first question is is like, have we reached the pinnacle of people calling the police? Or have we just reached the pinnacle of like us knowing about it? And people have always called the police but now there are crime watch people out there looking for like people, well, for these people who call the cops for petty reasons. And well, that it's becoming...
0: yes. I mean, so I think that there's definitely some crime watch situations happening because I know for a fact that uh, people have called the police on situation in situations uh, that they definitely should not have called the police for. I found out uh, just the other night that uh, someone uh, that I know, called the police one time from a bar because that bar did not have a band-aid and the police actually showed up. And then a second set of police uh, showed up to that bar because the bar called the cops on this person to throw them out. Uh, So two sets of police came one because the person was being too rowdy and one because uh, they needed a band-aid and the bar didn't have one. So if you want to talk about ridiculous reasons to call the police that's one that happened and it wasn't just yesterday. That was many years ago as far as I, I've heard.
1: I mean that's pretty ridiculous. But um Isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, and especially as ridiculous is like calling the cops over a hard foul in a basketball game. Look, yeah. I, I don't even like yeah, when I play pickup basketball, I don't even like calling fouls period. Like most of the time that, that's the funny thing about, about it to me. If somebody hits me, unless I'm like falling down Most of the time, I just deal with it, right? Like, you get fouled every time I take a shot in a basketball game.
0: Yeah, there are guys that call fouls all the time, and it's like, all right, well, that's why, you know what, I call my own fouls. If I feel like I fouled somebody, I say I got them. And, I mean, that's not really – a lot of people don't really do that, but if I feel like I hit somebody in the face or I hit them too hard in the arm or something, I'm going to call a foul on myself. Otherwise, I'm not saying anything. So if somebody calls a foul on me, I feel like they're probably wrong.
1: Oh, They almost certainly are. All right. I think, I think I'm think i good. Look, yeah, I got a guest here, and we had some other stuff. But you know what? We've gone apart here. We did a show. We did a show two weeks in a row, right? How much? What do you want from us? Sam? What do you want from us, people? We're good. We're good here. What do, do you said?
0: want from us? What if there was an encore yeah. screen? What if somebody was chanting encore right now? You were late to the show. You're going to leave the show early. People people want to what? know if you're even, you even care about this show anymore.
1: We do this for you, people. We don't get anything out of it. You know what I get from the show? Nothing. I just, get to, I just get to talk to my friend Matt Rory. That's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, know I mean, what funny, what if, you know what's funny, we'll though, Calvin? You know what's funny though, Calvin? We, we do this show during the uh, the MLB All Star Game pretty much every year, and we never talk about it. I think that's pretty pretty solid of us.
1: I mean, I, everybody I, I hope appreciate that. To, I hope Manny Machado goes to the Dodgers. That's your baseball talk for the week. Fair enough.
0: All right, I'm stalling because I, the buttons on my uh, switchboard are gone. And now that's telling me that uh, there's still an hour and a half before our episode starts. Oh, here we go. Now we're back. No,
1: uh,
0: all right. Now I can end the show. Thanks for listening, Great. everybody. Yes.
1: Quick, uh, quick, general. Before you end the show, just quick, general thought question. Right. Uh-huh. If if you are if you are a completely heterosexual person, right, and uh-huh. you go to you go to prison, right, how how what is a reasonable amount of time after you go to prison? Before it seems reasonable for you to start turning to the love of another man, what's a good amount of time?
0: Uh, I mean, this is kind of a, a question I think only a prisoner could could answer. I, I don't really, I don't. Are you going to okay, prison? Are you?
1: I am not. Uh, no, it's just a hypothetical conversation that I got into earlier, and I wanted your opinion on it. But it's okay. Uh-huh. I know I'm going in too late in the show. And it's a it's what what we might call. A, I mean, I think
0: a, I think there's a, there's you got to factor in how long you're going to prison for. Is there some sort of a ratio involved here? Uh, are we talking about two thirds of the time you're in jail? Are we talking about
1: half the time? Uh, it even, I even think it depends, you know, you know I even Like, like that way. yeah, I like that. Like, I like if that. You're, you're only going for
0: if you're only going for a year, then you might be able to hold out. Maybe you can hold out for ten years. But
1: I like it. You're uh, a okay. You see what I'm saying? Right, fair enough. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna think more about this.
0: Alright, you do that. Maybe maybe we'll talk yeah. about that never again. Enjoy the night, uh, Calvin.
1: Good night everyone.
0: Later, buddy. Talk to you next week.
1: Later. Alright, sounds good.